Chapter 20 Starbloods The bloodhound's voice carried through the still night, and Tannis's skin crawled. He was a monster, a killer, a nightmare. And yet, when he threw that poor girl onto the fire, shock rung through her body and she stumbled back. She hit Griffin's chest, and when his hands caught her shoulders, there was no denying how he trembled now. As the girl's shrieks of agony echoed through the town square, and the acrid stench of burning flesh plumed. Tannis's stomach turned, bile rising in her throat. These people, these soulless husks that knew her, watched. Some turned away, some cried out, but they did nothing. They let it happen, and the hounds continued to move down the lines, searching for more, searching to kill, searching for Tannis. As the girl's howls abruptly cut off, Tannis took a deep breath of death-filled air. She couldn't let this happen. Don't you dare, Griffin hissed in her ear. She ignored him, ignored how he tried to spin her round to face him, ignored everything but the well of power that raged inside. One thing she couldn't ignore was Griffin's magic swelling to match hers. It burst from him like a rising sun, stronger than she'd ever felt, and shouts of terror rose as the obedient lines finally scattered. The building on which the archer stood erupted in fire. Windows shattered outwards as the shadow of the hound dove into darkness. Tannis held her breath along with everybody else, peering up at Griffin behind her. He stared straight towards the bonfire, the flames reflecting in his eyes as they roared. She followed his gaze and shuddered. Across the distance, across the scattering people of Allybrook, the bloodhounds stared right at them. The hounds began to bark, forcing people back into their lines while the town guard rushed to tackle the flames. But Griffin's moment of defiance was more than an inferno. It was a spark, and chaos erupted from it. Timothy stood at Kiana's back. Nemetra stepped in front of her, shielding her from the desperate struggle that took over Allybrook. The serving girl hadn't been the only bleeder in this town. The Starbloods, roused by the explosion of fire, of magic, fought back. The ground trembled beneath her feet, and were it not for the twins, Kiana would have fallen. There was a flash of white light, and she lifted her head to see the bloodhound smash through an ice shield somebody had thrown, attempting to impede him. He marched past Kiana into the mess of bodies, drawing his sword. People were fighting, running, screaming, Kiana turned between the twins, barely able to breathe. A stone splitter punched Earth up beneath a guard as he advanced on her. A tide-turner stared towards the frozen lake until a fountain of water exploded through the ice and twisted towards them. As the wave split the sky, 
a winter weaver turned each drop into a dagger of ice racing to rain upon them. Kiana gaped in horror as they whistled through the night. Nemitra grabbed her hand, tugging her to action. Kiana moved as best she could, clutching her cane and focusing on Timothy's grip on her shoulder. They'd been close enough to the front of the line that they weren't at the centre of the mass. Skirting around the bonfire, they raced towards the houses that weren't on fire. But with every step people spilled around them, threatening to knock them apart. Only a few seemed to be running away. More ran into the chaos. The Starbloods were fighting, and the people of Allybrook rose to put them down. Kiana choked, on smoke and fear. Nemitra glanced back at her, their eye wide and alert. They jerked their head towards a narrow street, and Kiana nodded. If they could reach it, perhaps they could avoid the ice death that hung above. They weren't bleeders after all, they just needed to get away from the fighting. A man fell backwards, slamming into them. Nemitra's fingers slipped loose, and Kiana crashed to the snow beneath the man's weight. Pain flared in her knee, jolting up her spine. She tried to shove the man off. Timothy was there in an instant, heaving him away while Nemitra dropped to her side. They reached to help Kiana up, but now their eye was fearful. Your hair. Kiana reached up a shaking hand. Her hood had fallen back, her hat shifted, and her hair sprung loose. Hands trembling, she tried to cover herself, but it was too late. A hound stood frozen before them, staring at her despite the trembling earth and the flashes of ice and fire flying overhead. They pointed their sword at her, raising their voice. She's here! Terror seized Kiana. With a cry, Nemitra flung themselves forward. They weren't armed or armoured, but they flew at the hound who swung his sword in a great arc. No! Kiana screamed. Nemitra dropped to the ground, rolled up and under the blow. Then they leapt onto the hound's back, wrapping their arms around his neck and wrenching at his black helm. Come on, Timothy urged, reaching for Kiana. She tried to stand, but her cane slid on the snow, and then an armoured boot crashed into view, smacking Timothy in the chest. She flew backwards, and Kiana staggered, a scream dying in her throat at the sight of Timothy winded, struggling to rise. Kiana turned onto all fours, crawled towards her. She was wrenched up by the throat a gauntlet digging into her skin as her feet lifted off the snow. Another hound. She kicked wildly. She scrabbled as hard as she could, pressing down with all her weight as she tried to break free. But her eyes watered as the hound swung her backwards and forwards like she weighed nothing, ripping the breath from her lungs. Her vision darkened. She watched Demetra release the hound they fought with, watched them try to come for Kiana. But the hound recovered quickly, grabbing their arm, pulling them back, slamming them to the ground. Kiana blinked, gasped for breath. She watched Nemitra fight until the world turned dark. It was time to take a stand. 
Tannis gave herself a moment to breathe, stared at the looming shadow of the church beyond the bonfire, and Griffin gripped her arms. No, he said, as another rumble shook the earth and they stumbled. We have to run. What? Tannis cried. You're the one that started this. To give us a chance. She gaped at him. Couldn't he feel the power spinning around the town square? Couldn't he see the magic blooming overhead? Didn't it call to him, as it did to her? It was time to throw her caution to all of her wind. This wasn't Executioner's Square. They were fighting back. They could win. Think of Kiana, said Griffin, his desperate gaze swinging from her to the crowd. If it was so easy to fight the hounds, I would have fought them years ago. And he's coming. Tannis's resolve faltered, the red helm flashing in her mind. Please, Griffin rasped, his eyes falling away from hers. Trust me. And she nodded, despite the yearning within her, because she did. An explosion of ice shattered near them, and Tannis threw an arm over her head as shards flecked her skin. But Griffin didn't hesitate. Grabbing her hand, he ran, and she stuck to him as the world shifted. Magic had turned the people of Allybrook to a mob. Snarling faces loomed. Knives and cudgels and barstools were raised as the bleeders fought to live, and the others fought to kill them. It took everything within her to resist bringing a storm down upon this place but she fought of Kiana and her magic stilled. She was no good to her sister dead, and her sister was all that mattered. Ducking and diving, twisting and turning, she and Griffin raced from the screams and the blood-curdling howls of hatred. An explosion rocked the square behind them. They staggered, but didn't look back. Ears ringing, they made it off the main road between the tavern and another building away from the press and the churning noise. The roar of water erupted behind them. The ground cracked once more. Fireforgers, winter weavers, stone splitters, tide turners. They were all here. Only the windwalker ran from this fight. She clenched her jaw. Their footsteps packed snow as they raced down the alley back into dancing shadow and eerie quiet. Griffin, Tannis gasped. Why? He didn't look at her. Skidding around a corner, his head twisted this way and that. You need to hide. What? I use my power, and the bloodhound is coming. He slammed to a halt, eyes fixing on a bolted door. Spinning to face her, his eyes glowed with firelight. Can you pick that? I don't have anything. She hadn't thought to carry a pick, to steal. She'd been so focused on flying she'd forgotten what she was without her power. Flying was all she had. She reached for him. I'll get us out. No! Griffin lurched forwards, dragging her close. Do not use your power, no matter what, if he feels it. Tannis stared up into his eyes, inches from hers. You said he couldn't. 
sniff you out from across any distance? No, he can't. But he's looking for the Windwalker Tannis, like I was when I came to Celestia. Once he feels your power, he'll find you. Promise me you. So we fight, she said in a rush. He cut off, blinking at her. Thoughts of the bleeders, the sounds of the mob, whirled in her mind. For fifteen years she'd run. From the bloodhound, from her sister, from what she was. If there was nowhere left to run to now, then she knew how she wanted it to end. We fight. You and I could do it. We could kill him. Tannis. She bunched his cloak. If we fight together, there's a chance. His eyes dropped to her hands as a voice whispered towards them, soft and terrible. I can feel you. The bloodhound. Tannis pressed a hand to her mouth, Griffin tensed. Then he crushed her against him, his mouth to her ear. Stay inside. Don't use your power, no matter what. He slammed his hand against the lock on the door. Tannis felt his magic flared as it flashed orange, falling to the snow, and then Griffin bundled her through. She opened her mouth to protest, spinning within the dark cellar to catch one final glimpse of his face, before he pulled the door behind her as quietly as he could. She blinked, stunned and staring around the cramped space she found herself in. One moment of hesitation was all it took. She felt Griffin's power once more, and when she lurched for the door, the handle burned her fingers. Clutching her hand to her chest, she stared in horror. He'd melted the metal lock, sealed the doorway, and then she heard him shout, I'm here. What was he doing? She stepped back, searching desperately for another way out of the cellar. But there were no windows, and the only other door led into the house. She could run out and through the building, but in that time Griffin would... His shadow stretched under the door. Why didn't he run? I did not expect to find you here. Tannis shuddered, her chest heaving as she struggled to control her ragged breaths. The bloodhound was right there out in the alley with Griffin, and they knew each other? How can you bear this? Griffin's voice shook with emotion. How can you? The bloodhound growled in response. It didn't matter what they said, what it meant. The bloodhound had no idea the Windwalker was a wall away from him. If she called on all her strength if she pulled on the storm in her heart, if she really was the Windwalker's daughter, she could destroy him. Baring her teeth, Tannis whirled to the other door, flexed her fingers and readied herself. Heat and orange light burst behind her, throwing her forwards as a great crackling of ice rattled the wooden cellar. A winter weaver had attacked the bloodhound or somebody close. Tannis staggered to her feet and raced up the few steps to the door. It swung open onto a staircase and she charged upwards. She had to help. 
She burst into the tavern they'd sat outside earlier in the evening, before it had turned to death and magic. It was empty, and the wide doors at the entrance hung open. She heard the mob in the town square, the screams and cries of rage and agony, but the magic was fading. She didn't stop. She raced through the tavern, sending chairs skidding out of her way as she leapt back into the burning night. Her mouth stretched in horror. The mob bayed as it undulated around the bonfire, one great mass of venom. None looked back to see her watching, standing alone and apart. Their attention was focused on fifteen wooden stakes driven into the snow before them. Fifteen bodies were lashed to those stakes. Fifteen throats glittered, slashed with golden blood. The Starbloods had fought, and the Starbloods had lost. There were other bodies too, but she couldn't look away from the ones displayed, celebrated. Her eyes filled with tears. The will to fight punched from her chest and she staggered back towards the nearest alleyway. Choking on smoke, the stench of death, she squeezed her eyes shut. But the bodies were in her mind, as they always would be. This wasn't like the executions in Celestia. This was her fault. The bleeders of Allybrook had existed outside the fierce scrutiny within Celestia. They'd not been banished to a slum. They'd not faced monthly executions. They'd perfected the art of hiding in plain sight, until Tannis ruined it. It didn't matter why he'd come. The bloodhound had started cutting because she'd used her power. Griffin had inspired a revolt to protect her. The revolt had lasted mere moments. Fifteen bleeders had died so she could live. Stomach turning, she dragged the image of her sister to her mind. Maybe Kiana hated her after what she'd done, but that didn't mean Tannis could just abandon her. Maybe she deserved to be lashed to one of those stakes along with the others. But she had to get away from here. Her eyes cut towards the back of the alley, but no more magic rumbled. She couldn't feel Griffin any more. Had he gotten away? Had he returned to the rendezvous point on the edge of town? Tannis sped as quietly as she could along the shadows of the main road. She didn't want to check the alley. She was scared what she might find. Griffin would be where they'd all agreed to meet at the end of the festival, when they'd had no idea of what was to come. With every stride, she waited for a shout to ring out behind her, for a hound to spot her slinking away, for the mob to turn and descend upon one final bleeder. No such moment came. The mob were distracted, the hound seemingly gone. Soon enough, Tannis spied the small outhouse near the southern wall. With a quick glance over her shoulder, she sped up, but her chest tightened. There was nobody waiting. No Kiana, no twins, no Griffin. Swallowing rising panic, Tannis tucked in close to the wall, gripped her elbows, 
and waited. The twins had surely gotten Kiana out, but Griffin. Her eyes swung back towards the main road. She couldn't see the stakes from here, and the mob was beginning to disperse. Now they'd satiated their lust for killing. They turned to dousing fires and collecting corpses. So where was Griffin? The steady thumping of hooves on snow made her tense. She peered around the wall and squinted into the night. Lord Ollinger bore down on Allybrook like a man possessed, his golden hair near silver beneath the moonlight. Relief ballooned in Tannis's chest as she stepped out into the road, holding her hands up in case he didn't recognise her. He did so instantly, reining his horse in at her side and thrusting out a steady hand. His expression was grim, his eyes flashed. Tannis looked back. Griffin. She hated how her voice shook. He will be fine. He swung her up before him, and the horse wheeled around, bolting back the way it had come. She looked over her shoulder, heart in her mouth. But Ollinger was right. He had to be. Griffin was fine. She sank back against Ollinger's chest rocked between his arms, breathing slowly until her heart eased. They charged along a dirt road, the night sky twinkling above them. It was a clear night, a beautiful night to execute bleeders. As distance yawned between her and Allybrook, Tannis found shame turning to anger. I must return here, to the bloodhound. She tensed, it would appear suspicious if I did not at least show my face. Ollinger continued bitterly, express my condolences. Not for the bleeders, but for the families of those the bleeders had killed as they fought for their lives. I wish I could kill him, said Tannis, voice shaking. Ollinger pulled abruptly on the reins then lifted her round with surprising strength so he could meet her eye, firm grip remaining on her waist. His gaze burned, his head bowed over her. The witches will kill him when you steal them from the Guardian's Tower. For the first time, hearing the witches were alive didn't draw her ire. For the first time, she stared into his eyes and imagined it. The true Windwalker, her mother, bearing down on the bloodhound with her magical blade. A pleasant dream, but a dream nonetheless. She realised she'd gripped her moonstone and dropped it quickly. This night had been a stark reminder that the time for bleeders was past. The people of Allybrook hid and were safe. The moment they revealed themselves, they died. As Ollinger urged his horse back to a gentle trot, Tannis was grateful for the chance to return to the estate. She was grateful she'd be able to thank the twins for helping her sister. Grateful that she'd see Griffin really was okay. Grateful even for this month of hot baths and good food and winter-whipped flying lessons. She also knew without question she wouldn't spend another night there. 
Tannis was flying her way to freedom the moment she knew everyone was okay. And if Kiana didn't want to join her, maybe that was her choice to make. 